MSW Media. News was Daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 20th, 2020. Today, Trump hires Dershowitz, an impeachment update, more Parnas documents are released, an intimate cannabis dinner, the National Archives, and a bunch of good news. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Mandy Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. Cannabis dinner. Cannabis sounds fun. dinner. Mm, nom nom. Yes. <laughs> there are so many like services, fancy cannabis dinners mm. now in California. This is true. That yeah. is an actual thing. You get weed caterers yeah. for your party. I don't think that was this, but no, this no. is more of a Just meeting about cannabis. Mm-hmm. To know, yeah. So think, you, yeah. you can either have uh, you know a, a nice uh, chipotle spread or <laughs> <laughs> cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm good though. How are you? January twentieth. It's my birthday. Wee! Yeah, you look amazing. Happy birthday for twenty. <laughs> Thank you. Did you say for twenty nine? Yeah, I look really bad for twenty nine. <laughs> I look amazing for fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not about age. It's about age. Um, <laughs> like I hit my shin uh, on the dog crate, moving it the other day to clean mm. out the dog crate, mm-hmm. and it my whole leg is throbbing. Yeah. It's this tiny, the tiniest little bruise, but like I, it's just. Yeah. I don't have rubber bones anymore, I guess. Rubber bones? Yeah, no one prepared me for the fact that you don't bounce back as quickly from shit as you age. Mm-hmm. Like before, oh, I'd be like, oh, I just, I would like thwack my leg on something and be like, whatever. And now I'm like, why does it hurt a month later? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. Well, back in the 70s, they used to let us play on those giant metal domes and hang upside down 15 feet from the ground. Remember? No, you don't. Um, <laughs> by the time, by the time we were, we were playing on playgrounds, they made all the ground really soft. Yeah. Because yeah, they were exactly. like, these kids are going to fucking and hurt we didn't themselves. have helmets and <laughs> flabbity fleas. Yeah. Yeah. We were the age of bubble boys. Yeah, we, although I did. We were the rip- age of uh, riding in the back of the station wagon without a car seat <laughs> yeah. at the age of three, <laughs> just <laughs> rolling around like a like a BB in a box car. I did though on a non-soft, squishy ground playground. I did crack a rib on monkey bars oh, once, ew. and it still affects me. To you this do day. still have the floaty rib. You have, I do yeah, still have your the special rib. fin. Floaty That's my special rib. Floaty rib. Yes. My it's God. Floating rib. I have to like get it popped back into place every so Aish. often with the chiropractor. Oh, you think you can do these things, Nemo? But you can. <laughs> I never went on monkey bars again after that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah, that's rough. I would I would have like monkey bar trauma from like, I, ow, I, cracked I, rib. I do. That hurts too when you can't breathe because it... Mm. Yeah, super panky. Anyway, news. Ah, that. <laughs> we do have some. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so in our Thursday episode uh, last week titled Biscuit Scenarios... Uh, I heard a rumor that Trump had some secret hotshot lawyer in his pocket, and we took a guess. Let's listen back to that. I wonder who it is. Giuliani. Dershowitz? (laughs) Oh, God. Well, we guessed it. Uh, and Jordan, you were like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, he hi- he's hired Epstein's previous attorney, the Ugh. guy who defended Klaus von Bülow, best known for keeping his underwear on at Epstein's sex parties. <laughs> but here's the weird thing. Uh, after the announcement, Dershowitz says he wasn't part of Trump's legal team, which then raised the question, if he's not a lawyer and he's not the defendant or the judge or the plaintiff uh, and he's going to testify, 
then that makes him a witness. And we know McConnell and Trump are hell-bent against having witnesses. Uh, Dirsch told the, uh, the weekend talk show circuit that he was there representing the Constitution. The Constitution is his client. Uh, and that he would argue that abuse of power and obstruction of Congress are made up terms and not impeachable offenses. He will not be arguing that bribing a foreign government to interfere in the election is not an impeachable offense. So to me, and I'm not a lawyer, but this argument seems semantic at best. But this uh, witness thing really has me perplexed. Um, he's also said he's working for Trump for free, which is very Manafort-y. Uh, it seems like he's being forced into this. Like, you're going to do this. But let's be clear here. If he's not a lawyer, he's a witness. And if Trump gets a witness, the Dems should at least get to call a constitutional scholar as well. And both sides should get to cross-examine them both. But that's a dumb argument for the Republicans for two reasons. Because one, if you call witnesses, that means you're open to all witnesses. And Republicans have said they never had a, you know, a chance for Trump to defend himself. But in the House, uh, in fact, there was an entire hearing of legal scholars that testified in the case. So that effectively kills both of their arguments. Then, if Dersh is a lawyer working for free, that seems like an illegal campaign contribution to me. But what do I know? Uh, when we reached out for comment and asked Dershowitz how it's possible he's not a witness for the defense, he responded, because I kept my underwear on. <laughs> oh, my God. And over the weekend, the White House made its first formal legal response to the impeachment. Uh, and it reads, the articles of impeachment submitted by House Democrats are a dangerous attack on the right of the American people to freely choose their president. This is a brazen, unlawful attempt to overturn the results of the 2016 election and interfere with the 2020 election, now just months away. Okay. The highly partisan and reckless obsession with impeaching the president began the day he was inaugurated and continues to this day. The articles of impeachment are constitutionally invalid on their face. So, um, let's start. Dangerous attack on the right of the American people to freely choose their president. Then you're saying impeachment at all is a, a dangerous attack on the right of the American people to choose the president. Mm -hmm. yep. um, uh, brazen unlawful attempt to overturn the results of the 2016 election. Okay. Um, again, impeachment is not overturning an election. It's in the Constitution and it can happen to presidents. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. That's what it's for. <laughs> and and uh, interfere with the 2020 election. Talk about, you know accuse others of yep. that which you are guilty. Mm -hmm. That's their defense. Um, impeachment does not overturn an election. And Friday, we had another release of documents uh, from the House of Representatives that they received from Lev Parnas. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. So the big news from the latest dump is the revelation of a Belgian that texted back and forth with Hyde, that's that guy running for Congress, about surveilling Jovanovich. The guy's name is Anthony de Kalui. Uh, he's uh, Forensic News, where Scott Stedman works, um, found his social media accounts, including his alias on Facebook, which shows him posing for pictures with Ron DeSantis, of governor of Florida, who, by the way, is trying to enact a, basically a poll tax. Floridians voted, as we know, that felons should have their voting rights restored. And Ron is saying, sure, they can vote once they pay all their fees, fines and restitutions. And then took to Twitter, calling voting a privilege. So fuck that guy. But anyhow, this Kalui guy is from Belgium, uh, a nine-hour drive from Vienna, where Lev, Igor, and Giuliani, Tonzig, and Geneva frequently met with uh, Fertosh, who still hasn't been extradited, and I'll bet you that's because Barr is blocking it. Uh, beans on that. I don't have any proof. Uh, and Kalui texted with Hyde, and Hyde basically copied and pasted those texts to Parnas. And all three of them said the whole thing was a joke, and they were drunk texting. Bah ha ha Isn't that funny? Ha <laughs> 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 What a good joke for a week talking about tailing uh, Yovanovitch. It's a good joke. Good bit. Mm. <laughs> why? I mean, why deny it so hard if it's simple surveillance, right? It's It sounds like a hit to me, but that could be Super Space Beans tinfoil hat edition. I don't know, but that's 
what we felt like back in the good old Russia hacked our election days, if you remember. Mm-hmm. So don't put anything past them. And the other big thing in the Parnas dump Friday night were text messages between Parnas and Nunez aide Derek Harvey, where Parnas appeared to be keeping Harvey posted about what Giuliani was doing. And then they all met at the Trump Hotel in D.C. Parnas also set up calls between Harvey and the Ukrainian prosecutors that were working with Giuliani to get dirt on the Bidens. A month ago, when phone records showed Nunez and Parnas had spoken, Nunez said he had no idea who Parnas was, but pronounced his name perfectly. Mm-hmm. Then, after the Parnas interviews uh, with Maddo, Nunez showed up on Fox to lube the truth a bit and say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy, but we only talked about random things, he said. Random things. Nunez is even trying to sue AT&T and Adam Schiff and CNN and, and uh, Ted Lieu for saying he, has, he was in contact with Parnas. Mm-hmm. And in one exchange between Parnas and Harvey, Parnas said, also, do you want to interview the general prosecutor who got ditched by Biden? Also, the anti-corruption prosecutor? Let me know. To which Harvey said, does tomorrow work? (laughs) Indicating uh, he, Mm -hmm. and therefore Nunez by proxy, knew this was about the Bidens. Yep. Yep. Otherwise, you'd say, Bidens? Don't you mean Burisma? Like, we don't want anything on the Bidens. We're looking at Burisma. We want corruption. What are you talking about? You know, no. How about tomorrow? My small rural district in California really cares about corruption and Burisma. (laughs) It's not even thinly veiled. It's just not veiled. If it's what you say, I love it, especially (laughs) in the summer. Yeah, come on, dude. Uh, Harvey also became angry when he found out Parnas and Rudy were sharing documents with Solomon from the Hill, uh, not the Capitol Hill, but the paper, the Hill, or the publication, the media outlet, instead of Nunez's office. So Derek was mad. So why Harvey and not Nunez? Um, It was just interesting. Parnas said that the reason he was told to work with Harvey and not Nunez was because Nunez was under an ethics investigation (laughs) and it would look bad to work directly with uh, a mobster. Wow. They didn't try very hard (laughs) to cover that up. Let me go with his direct aid that everyone associates with him directly. That sounds like a great choice. Yeah. Good. Good. Nobody will know. Yeah. Fucking idiots. And then, get this, remember how we talked about Levin and Igor's possibly being set up uh, to be arrested and keep them quiet? Mm-hmm. So a coordinated effort to coerce Parnas into taking the bullet for Trump and Rudy, I think, is real. Because on Saturday afternoon, Parnas's lawyer shared an email that John Dowd, the lawyer Parnas and Fruman got a presidential waiver to have represent them, sent to a group of lawyers, including Kevin Downing, telling them that Levin Igor, his clients, would be sending the letter to the Intel Committee to eliminate any doubt that Igor and um, Lev would, would appear to answer, will appear to answer questions because we are not prepared to do so. So that's, I mean, <laughs> that's just nuts. Dowd sending a letter to a bunch of lawyers before the arrest saying, I'm telling you, my clients aren't going to testify. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not prepared. To do it. So the next day, Lev and Igor met Rudy for lunch, and later that day, Barr visited the Southern District, and it was hours later, Lev and Igor tried to board the one-way flight to go to Vienna to tape an interview between Hannity and Fertosh. That's when they were arrested. Neither Hannity or Rudy ever ever went to Vienna. Uh, And because they were arrested in the Eastern District of Virginia, they needed a local lawyer, and guess who it was? Kevin Downing, Manafort's lawyer. That's who they sent. The go-between for Manafort and Hannity in the Manatee texts. Soon after, Parnas fired them both and agreed to go on national television with Maddo. So it's entirely feasible here that Giuliani and Hannity told Lev and Igor they were all going to go to Vienna. And then, uh, so let's go, got you all tickets. And then Barr met with the Southern District, had them both picked up at the airport. 
and sent in Dowd and Downing to get Parnas and Left to take the fall. I know this sounds really tinfoil hat. I know this sounds super space beans, but if you if you think about it, it just there's nothing else that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, even outside of whether or not the arrest itself was a setup, definitely how they're trying to portray them in the media is trying to make them the fall guys. Yeah. So even that alone, you know. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would do that <laughs> if I were criming. It makes sense. I know. We always say, well, if I were a giant <laughs> criminal mob asshole, yeah, I would no. do that too. Yeah. Um, and now along with Nunes and Trump, Pompeo has said he doesn't know Parnas and knows nothing about the Yovanovitch surveillance. But thanks to FOIA requests, we know Pompeo spoke to Rudy twice in March when the surveillance was happening. Um, so there's that. So Pompeo. Hmm. Why do they keep saying they More don't like know these Pompeo, people? More like Pompeo, no. Am I right? <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll quit. I quit. <laughs> I'll quit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like, they should just all be saying, yeah, I might've seen him. Just like start out. You're a fucking, like, they might, may as well lessen the amount of like lies. Or be like, yeah, that guy say. was working for Giuliani or something. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently no one's holding you accountable anyway. So. It's Cause they're it, trying to sort of protect Giuliani. Who's the, who's the middleman for all this. Yeah. It just always looks so much worse and it is worse, but it looks way worse when they're like, no, I've never seen the guy. And then they have to walk back their statements thinking from the viewpoint of a criminal. Yeah, that's what I would do. And you gotta wonder when they'll cut Giuliani loose. Mm-hmm. Like when Barr he's might like a be rabid dog. Like when Barr is going to be like, I'm arresting him, guys. This is, he's is a liability. He's oh, a yeah. total liability. Yeah. I know you want to protect him, but he if we their best still wrong and lies, but their best defense is Rudy is nuts. He mm-hmm. had these guys working for him. They were working for Fertosh. It had nothing to do with us. Go after them. Have a nice day. They're insane. And yep. here, we'll arrest them to, to show you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be the only reason I think Giuliani would be indicted at this point because mm-hmm. I don't trust Barr. Uh, I could see that. At all. But what what a much better defense. But Trump's like, no, you can't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it it's dumb, whatever they're doing. I mean, they could erase him and then replace him so easily. With There are so many people like Nunes and, and these other people who are willing to do that kind of bidding for Trump anyway. So it's not like Giuliani is an indisposable person. It'd yeah, and now, that, easy. and now that we have all the Parnas text, not just what he's saying, but all of his documentation to back it up, it really implicates Giuliani mm-hmm. for sure. And if you want to cut the ties between Barr, Pence, and Trump, and Pompeo, and this shadow foreign policy, you have to cut Rudy loose. Ludi mm-hmm. Roos, I almost said. <laughs> Ruby loose. Ludi Roos. You have to go to Luby's cafeteria. And I don't know what I'm talking about now. But uh, we'll be right back with Epstein News, Cannabis, and the National Archives. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Uh, I used to toss and turn all night, wake up on the wrong side of the bed with a bad back and a worse attitude. But it turns out my mattress was garbage. It was like a pile of garbage. Uh, It also contained some springs and foam, and they just put it together and called it a mattress. So, But if you have issues with your mattress, I urge you not to wait until your back is sore and until you're falling asleep at work instead of, you know, at home. So try Helix Sleep. 
Uh, Helix has a, a quiz that just takes two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So it's customized for you and your sleep habits. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, if you like a soft bed or a firm bed, with Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising on an average mattress. Helix was even awarded the number one best overall mattress pick in 2019 in GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Both of you guys have a Helix mattress and you love it my favorite it's favorite amazing. mattress i've ever had it's like, like ever in a cloud i Ugh. recommended it to you all when you were looking for a new mattress yeah, yeah and i'm glad that you like it as well because it is like a baby. so good mm-hmm. it's, it is and it's, it's hard to recommend a mattress because it's such a big purchase mm-hmm. so yeah. you'd feel bad if you didn't like it so i was very glad that you all like that <laughs> <laughs> it's really good yeah it's so so good yeah and they have a 10-year warranty uh, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free and they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it but you will uh, hands down, and it's just so good. It, you're like you said, it's like sleeping on a cloud. And Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners at HelixSleep.com/dailybeans. That's Helix H-E-L-I-X Sleep.com/dailybeans for up to $125 off. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is time for the Hot Notes B Block, and that means, Jordan, you have some news to share. Yes, uh, this first story, it's actually not super new news. We just didn't cover it. It came out late last year. New news. New news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, new news. It's like the headline that I saw that said... uh, Megan and Harry drop royal duties. <laughs> I'm like, nah, they're dropping royal duties. Gotta laugh at the puns when they present themselves. Especially duty puns. Does anybody care about that? I'm not, you would know more about that. I have some feelings. Okay, well maybe we could discuss we'll it later. It. Yeah, 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 I'm curious. Anyways, so, um, new news, not new news, old news, but new news to you news, because <laughs> <laughs> we have not covered Brought this Brought to yet. you by John Sununu. <laughs> um, okay, so this is related to the libel case against Alan Dershowitz, um, and the headline that we didn't cover yet is that Washington-based lawyer Charles Cooper actually entered into the libel case against Alan Dershowitz, and of course we know Dershowitz to be, number one, Epstein's infamous attorney friend and disgusting co-conspirator, and now Donald Trump's advocate is that what we're settling on not not his attorney in impeachment but his advocate his hype man as we talked about uh but cooper is joining the case after another attorney was disqualified uh, the attorney who originally had brought the case against dershowitz cooper is going to be representing virginia roberts uh jeffrey is that how he decided we pronounce it yeah jeffrey jeffrey uh in the case moving forward as she is suing dershowitz for defamation after he called her a quote complete and total liar when she accused dershowitz of abusing her and helping others in epstein's circle abuse her and cooper is a name that we've heard of already he actually happened to be um happened to be cupperman's attorney before that case dropped yeah that's Mm -hmm. that was the one yeah so just a good name to know He's. Th- it's interesting how there are these like very high profile attorneys that keep popping up in multiple cases throughout. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, Burke was one. If you remember from uh, uh, the whole Mueller thing, he was representing three people: McGann, Priebus, and somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that we were like, oh, oh, and Bannon. Mm-hmm. And that was Burke. And we're like, well, if they're, if he's representing all three of them, that must mean they're singing off the same sheet of music. Mm-hmm. And then, as it turns out, when we got their three o twos from the Mueller memo dumps, that they were, they were all mm-hmm. because you can't. Well, you're not supposed to represent two clients that have opposing uh stories Mm -hmm. yeah so keep an eye out for that guy's work seems like he does good work uh next story lev parnas so he talked to raw story going and latest stop on his let lev speak tour 
He was hidden up every all these different venues, and he revealed some new details about involvement that he had with Kushner and Ivanka in some talks about the cannabis industry and the White House's stance on cannabis moving forward. What had happened was back in October 2018, he attended a dinner in a private suite at Trump Hotel that was hosted by the Super PAC America First Action. Uh, The dinner had about a dozen people, so it's a pretty small dinner, and it connected Jared and Ivanka with all these cannabis industry people. And Parnas said that he was invited because he was a Trump loyalist and because the Super PAC's director of development, Joey Ahern, knew that he was pro-cannabis. And apparently the point of this was just to convince Kushner to convince the White House basically to have a pro-weed stance. But the White House denies that these efforts ever took place. Um, so nothing super huge here, but it does. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? This is... I, that, I, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if memory serves from high school. Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but what so- was that uh, Saturday Night Live sketch where they play it? It's like a it's like a, a game show and it's called What Were We Just Talking About? Uh, I haven't seen it. For stoners. Oh, and they'll just funny. talk about something and then they'll go, all right, what were we just talking about? Oh, and all three contestants just stand there. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so great. Can't for the life of them remember shit. That is like the most terrifying part about weed. That is true. Not remembering things? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm sure this was a very, I don't think, I don't get the sense that this dinner was filled with a bunch of actual stoners, more so just people that found out, oh, hey, we could actually profit a lot off of this probably. Mm-hmm. And that was more so the vibe of it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But the the it's not a huge story. But the point here is that it does further connect the character, this character of Parnas to the White House and how integrated he was in coordinated efforts to influence the White House in various ways or to represent their interests. So, they don't know him. Right, exactly. They don't know him at all because they, they forgot because they were smoking weed. Yeah, and of course this uh, reporting is accompanied by a picture with good old Parnas and Jared and Ivanka with big old grins on their face. <laughs> so many pictures. It's, yeah. It's hilarious. Don't I you just... hate cameras? Really inconvenient uh, for criminals. Yeah. <laughs> totally really mm-hmm. inconvenient for crimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and interesting too, John Boehner, former Speaker of the House, uh, also an orange. Oh, I person. forgot about that. He went guy. into the weed industry after opposing it mm-hmm. for so many years in right. Congress. Right, because you can make so much money off of it. Yep. It's mm-hmm. so fucking lucrative. That's the thing. The cultural tide had shifted enough that they were like, mm, mm-hmm. our people are kind of pissed about this now. And if we switch from being against it, we can make cash. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. kind of how Rick Perry found out that wind energy, wind energy, could make him money in mm-hmm. Texas. So mm-hmm. now Texas is the biggest, is the biggest provider of wind energy in in our country, even though. It's a very, you know, I guess liberal thing to do because windmills cause cancer. Um, <laughs> and Democrats cancer. want you to have cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, but he was like, oh, I can make money. So now it's mm-hmm. the biggest wind producing state in the, in the union. Definitely. If I want anything in 2020, it's for clean energy and renewable energy to stop being seen as a fucking like liberal thing. <laughs> you know, like a moneymaker. Yeah, I want I want I want like capitalists and social conservatives to be like, that's a fucking good idea. Can and you do that. please. The only yes. companies that are going to be able to do this on a large scale are the oil companies uh-huh. and they already are like looking yeah, into algae research and mm-hmm. wind energy mm-hmm. and, st- and hydro energy and stuff like that and they will they'll catch on they'll be like oh this is where the money is and the mm-hmm. jobs will happen um it, it just it should have been this way 20 years ago yeah, 30 right. years ago and you know who's a huge renewable energy ally in congress yeah mike levin oh yeah nice. you should follow ah, him okay yeah send him some love on twitter He's we door knocked for him we did door knock for him and he is uh he's super dedicated to that cause so sweet Thank you. Um, okay. 
my final story uh, is about the, you may have seen this on Twitter because it was causing a lot of outrage, rightfully so, but there's a giant photograph that's in the National Archives exhibit that currently is celebrating women's suffrage. And the photo is of, um, it's a really cool concept. It's a photo of the Women's March that happened in 2017 that's on Pennsylvania Avenue. And then when you move to the side, it's one of those photos that changes to a black and white photo of another <gasps> women's suffrage um, oh. history milestone, basically, from forever ago that also took place on Pennsylvania Avenue. What a cool so, idea. Yeah, it's super cool. But unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of controversy that's now stirring up over the revelation that apparently they blurred parts of the photo. Uh, and the parts that they blurred were either things that were negative or damaging to Trump or were like vulgar, quote unquote, and like talked about women's body parts. So obviously this is incredibly counterintuitive and enraging anyone that is a fan of women's suffrage and women's rights in this country at all. The archives acknowledged in a statement this week uh, that they did make multiple alterations to the photo of the 2017 Women's March. Uh, they said that admitted to blurring signs that were held by marchers that were critical of Trump. Um, some of the words on the signs that reference women's anatomy were also blurred. Uh, a placard that, that said, uh, God hates Trump, for example, they took out Trump. So it just said, God hates. Also, <laughs> oh, fuck God. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> just like, what? Yeah. That's God like, hates. Yeah, God hates. That's cool. That's Look, like women the think God Baptist hates. church people. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. God hates mm-hmm. everyone. Another one they did, uh, which I'm, I think that this edit makes sense, but. <laughs> It doesn't make sense, but it makes more sense than just God hates. It said Trump and GOP, hands off women, and they took off the Trump. So it just says GOP, hands off women, which also checks out, but not as good as getting Trump in there, obviously. Uh, So that's, I mean, it's like, I just don't understand how that got passed. Like, like what... What group of men were okaying this exhibit? Well, that's my question, (laughs) right? Because who, because, okay, the National Archives admitted to doing it and they apologized. Mm. Uh, And... But who told them to? Yeah. Well, this is what the they they said this. As a nonpartisan, nonpolitical federal agency, we blurred references to the president's name on some posters so as not to engage in current political controversy. Uh, that was from spokeswoman Miriam Kleiman. Uh, she goes on to say, our mission is to safeguard and provide access to the nation's most important federal records. And our exhibits are one way in which we connect the American people to those records. Modifying the image was an attempt on our part to keep the focus on the records. The and the record, Holocaust never happened. Right. The <laughs> record is that Trump is toxic and the fucking worst for women. That is the record. That yeah. is why the march happened. Yeah. Largely. It's like it was what? A, it was political in nature. Right, exactly. It's just like a really gross cleansing of history. It's that disgusting. Like, yeah, it's really bad. And, and I'm not that we that... have a not that we have any history of doing that. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah, and then also just I think the edits too the, of like blurring out women's body parts. That's like very very like. That's an infantile thing to do, That's too. That's not free speech, man. Right. This, yeah, so one of the signs read, if my vagina could shoot bullets, it'd be less regulated. Yeah. And they blurred out the word vagina. The clinical term for my pussy. Yeah. And then another one that said this pussy grabs back had the word pussy taken out. <laughs> it was her cat. <laughs> As Steve Martin would say in the 70s. Yeah. 
So and then he went on to say he went on to say that cat was the best sex I ever had. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, uh, that is just another low key enraging story. It's so, yeah. it's so. <laughs> mm, and why do the why do the exhibit the fragility of Trump's ego? A hundred percent. Yeah. He yeah keeps why? that picture of his electoral mm-hmm. map on his around. It's probably in his wallet. You know, and like Picks over Barron's face. It, it's like it over his kids' pictures. Is like the the fucking electoral map. Yeah. It's also just like, <sighs> how are you gonna? Ego. Are you gonna try to document history or not? Exactly. Like if you're if you're choosing to do an exhibit about that. Then do that. I've never heard of it. Well, a... this history is a little harsh. Right. And, you know, we don't want to. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah, exactly. This, this isn't a good, fun history. This is, a uh, you know. We oh wouldn't want to upset yeah. all the old white men seeing the exhibit now, would we? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it feasible that Trump didn't tell him to do it. It's feasible that they, are, they were afraid for, of a backlash from the president if they did it. That's yeah. another feasible thing. And a lot of people do that. They, they A lot of things happen because they're afraid to upset Trump. Remember when they weren't going to do the world briefing, the world threat briefing uh, to Congress mm-hmm. because they were afraid mm-hmm. it would make Trump mad because the last time they came out and said, you know, Iran is following the nuclear deal and, and they're not as much of a threat as uh, it's been portrayed mm-hmm. and and Trump got pissed. So they were going to not do the world threat briefing because they didn't want to upset Trump. Uh, and and so a lot of these things happen mm-hmm. just out of fear of this authoritarian, small ego, yeah. small-minded piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we should discount the ripple effects and the like negative cultural impacts of living under an environment of fear. Mm-hmm. It's 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 awful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to have like a long-term impact on people not just in government but everyone. Like mm-hmm. if people think we shouldn't even try to put this exhibition up without without kowtowing to him, without trying to avoid conflict with mm-hmm. him. You know, think about the impact of a single person living in fear of mm-hmm. another single person yep. and how that impacts their daily life does, and how yeah. it impacts what they do. And yeah. then put that on a national scale. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. It is also very strange to me that it's like you, you're making the choice to do an exhibit about women's suffrage. So you pick this photo presumably because you think it's a good example mm-hmm. of women that are fighting for their rights but then that's like too much for you <laughs> but like, we don't want them to know who they're fighting against right exactly. just that they're fighting the it, system yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and god hates yeah and 2017 is not that long ago i'm pretty sure like like it's not like you're doctoring a photo from like 50 <laughs> 40 years right? ago where people are gonna be like oh I, I guess i don't know but it's like yeah everyone fucking knows like a pro prohibition of volstead act photo and they've blurred out the booze bottles yeah like, look uh-huh. yeah know? yeah exactly <laughs> oh, we got you. Uh-huh. that's so awful yeah so that's just weird well, at least they apologized, but I still want to know who told them to do it or if they mm-hmm. decided to do it themselves out of fear. Mm-hmm. That would be an important thing to know. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we will be right back uh, with the good news block. And there's a lot of good news this week. So, yay. Uh, it's my birthday. Good news for my Woo-hoo. birthday. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And this Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Embark. Uh, I love my dog. She loves me. Uh, we are besties, and I would do anything for my dog. And I know a lot of you are dog moms and dog dads, and you have pod dogs and pod cats. 
Uh, and I really wanted to make sure that the I could do the most important thing I, I could do for my dog. And what I did was I did the Embark Breed and Health DNA test. And that way I learned as much as possible about her breed and lineage so that I would know how to best care for her. Over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of a genetic disease. And the Embark Breed and Health DNA test screens for any potential health conditions. So you have all the information necessary to provide your dog their best life. Embark makes it quick and easy. You just send in one simple cheek swab and they do the rest. Um, they use the most comprehensive DNA testing on the market. They have the best customer service. They let me know exactly where my kit was all along the way. And they look at over a hundred times as much genetic info as the competition to give you the most accurate results and make future genetic discoveries. And every Embark dog brings us closer to the goal of ending preventable diseases in dogs. Embark has an exclusive offer for you. You can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. That's EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. You'll be glad you did. All right, some justice, some some uh, to me a little bit of justice in in a world that where we had to see Manafort get four and a half years plus another three years, or where we see Papadopoulos get two weeks, or where we see um, well, we don't know what Flynn and Stone are going to get the Flintstones, um, but Chris Collins, one of the first, I think the first Republican senators support Trump when he was running for president. He uh, was found guilty on insider trading, and he has been sentenced to 26 months in prison. And that's a good chunk. That's mm-hmm. a good amount of time for, you know, super privileged white guy insider mm-hmm. trading. So I'm really happy about this. Um, uh, he he gave he gave that tip to, I think, his son-in-law um, and, and his, somebody else, and it was full-on insider trading. And I don't know, I'm... It's sad that I'm happy about a two-year sentence. Yeah. Yeah. How long did Martha Stewart go for? I don't know. Let's look it up. Yeah, let's look it up. Because, well, every federal crime is five years. Okay. Right? Really? Yeah. That's a sentencing guideline? Yeah. A max. Max. The sentencing guidelines are different based on if it's your first uh, offense. (laughs) Looks like Google auto-completed. I just typed in how long was... Martha and it didn't even complete the word and it was how long was Martha in prison yeah it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah was you had to complete five months okay all right well white people win again I guess <laughs> five wasn't hers basically insider trading yes but it was her first offense and so oh. it's a zero to six months recommendation oh. and I think this was his first offense and I think it was also uh, a lower recommendation than what huh. he got but the judge gave him more time because he like betrayed his he was held to a higher standard because he's a fucking congressman yeah well I'm glad which is not mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing right <laughs> um, you're a fucking congressman that's we're gonna get to that at some point in this idiocracy but not today not not this week yeah um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is the Ted Lou letter. And I know we covered it yesterday in Mueller, mm-hmm. she wrote, but it's just so good. And I wanted to read it to you because basically uh, Nunez was threatening to sue Ted Lou, among other p- uh, people and entities, for saying that he has ties to Parnas, right? And it, he he was suing AT&T. He wanted to sue Adam Schiff. He CNN. wanted to sue CNN for saying it. He's just a really litigious fella. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sues everyone. Um, and so I wanted to, so he got this letter from uh, Biss, uh, who sits on the Intel Committee too and happens to be Nunez's lawyer. Seems like a conflict of interest, but okay. And he, he didn't release the letter until he wrote his response, Ted Lou. And so he released both the letter saying, we're going to sue you. And then he released his response. I want to read it to you right now. 
It reads, uh, Dear Mr. Biss, in response to your letter dated December 31st, in which you state your client, Congressman Devin Nunes, will sue me if I don't, among other things, issue a public apology for Mr. Nunes. Uh, it is true that I stated uh, Congressman Nunes worked with Lev Parnas and conspired to undermine our own government. As you know, truth is a defense. So go read the documents and text messages provided by Mr. Parnas to the House of Representatives and watch the interview on Rachel Maddow, which aired January 15th, 2020, that directly implicates Mr. Nunes. I welcome any lawsuit from your client and look forward to taking discovery of Congressman Nunez, or you can take your letter and shove it. Sincerely, Ted Lou, courtesy copy, Devin Nunez. <laughs> the CC Devin Nunez at the bottom was probably one of my favorite parts, besides the shove it thing. Yeah. Which I know isn't like congressional decorum and, you know, it's not professional, uh, but um, gave me, I got a chuckle out of it. I think a lot of people appreciate Ted Lou's a tiny joy. feistiness. <laughs> yeah. Again, especially since it's in response to a man who is insane <laughs> and perpetuating yeah. much more unprofessionality. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he used the ism, the colloquialism, mm-hmm. shove it instead of, you know, uh, stick it where the sun don't shine <laughs> or put it in your ass, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Maybe I love that one. That's I, one yeah. of my favorites. I mm-hmm. think shove it was the most professional he could have gone with the sentiment of shove it up your ass. Yeah. Just a shortened. Yeah. So, I mean, where else would you shove it? It does. Or I can tell you where ass. to put it. Mm. Yeah. But that sounds like a threat. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> shove it. <laughs> <laughs> but he can shove it himself. It's a mm-hmm. self shove. Mm-hmm. It's a self shove. <laughs> um, That's nice. You gave him the option. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we were uh, uh, bringing this up at all, but I know we touched on it earlier, and this is also like good news for me. I am proud of Harry and Meghan. Oh, uh, yeah. Related, also good news. I oh, they drop their duties. That's right. Yeah, they drop their duties. <laughs> I just, I, I am a huge fan of this. I grew up with the royal family being like shoved down my throat all the time. Mm-hmm. My grandmother literally had a picture of the queen above her fucking TV. Interesting. <gasps> yeah, a lot of Ooh. a lot of the former colonies, um, those of which who did not fight for independence the way you did, are still really royalist. Like a lot of Canadians are really royalist, and mm. especially a lot of people in the UK, which I where I also lived. And um, so I was like, it's on the news constantly. And like, I was supposed to care about this. And then I lived in the UK and a lot of my friends were like very concerned with the happenings of the royal family. And I was like, it was like a bunch of bullshit to me. Um, And I didn't under, it was explained to me multiple times, like why they were important and why the tradition was still important and why the taxpayer should still fund them. And it was really about tourism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) It was really about tourism. That was, that's a good Well, I was feeling that the reason I was going to tweet something out like that we're not covering this. And the reason we're not covering it is because we have our own king to worry about. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I I do like the idea of them just being like, bye. Yeah. Um, But I think one of my, one of the funniest things I saw uh, was a tweet this week, uh, but this is about Brexit now, mm-hmm. not Megxit, um, which <laughs> I've heard it terribly called. But Brexit, where they were like, a lot of people are excited. Like one of the upsides or silver linings of Brexit is that is that the uh, UK gets its own Independence Day. And they've always wanted one, uh, and you know, because everyone else has one. And somebody was like, you know why, why everyone else has an Independence Day? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, from from who do you think? Right. The, yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. Jesus. I'm I'm thinking like independence from what? <laughs> yeah. From the UK. Jesus. Yeah. The UK I, wants to sell into in what? I just also love that uh, Megan was like, "We're gonna move back to Canada," where like a, a whole bunch of other people in the UK were looking to move after Brexit. She was like, "Peace out of this place." Yeah. Well, if Trump wins, Vancouver's <laughs> looking good. Do you think but, any part of it 
I guess how it could kind of be tied into the stuff we talk about. Do you think any part of them leaving is also just the utter disgrace that UK kind of has grown to be to a lot of people? Just I know that the the royal family is supposed to be kind of separate, at least in perception from Boris Johnson. I don't but... want to alienate our British fans or my British friends. I then don't. And moving on to Schadenfreude. No. <laughs> no, but like no, no. I I think that it's when like... I say disgrace, I only mean because Boris Johnson I... and all like the Brexit. I mean, yeah, the disgrace of Boris. It's Johnson. a disgrace of Boris Johnson. Yes, hate not crimes of the UK. and and racist attacks have gone up. And particularly, like if, if you study if you study the headlines for Kate versus Meghan, like she gets so many more. Oh yeah, I saw those side by side. It was disgusting. Right. Um, plus two, like apparently, there's been reports of like the fact that she was basically fed up with all of the like homophobia, racism, sexism that she was hearing from within the royal family, and she was like, "Fuck this shit." Right. So, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. If part of it wasn't, I mean, like part other than things. them just being like, "This sounds like a good time to leave." I no. imagine there was stuff that led up to yeah, that. Yeah, they were decision. just like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah, so, I fucking love that. Yeah, Peace I do too. Out. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking existential heroes. Yep. High five. <laughs> uh, all right, time for a little Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Headline for Schadenfreude. Trump accidentally autographs impeachment papers at Michigan rally. <laughs> <clears throat> you ready for this? <laughs> President Trump is known for autographing pretty much anything you put in front of him. In the past, he's autographed a Bible, a designer shoe, a guitar, and more. However, at his Christmas rally in Battle Creek last month, he clearly wasn't paying attention when he autographed his own impeachment papers. A man named Jonathan Moore printed out the papers, which had been made available online the day before, and waited at the rally to get Trump's autograph. And yes, he got it, and it'll be up for auction starting January 20th. It's expected to fetch anywhere between fifty dollars and $150,000 if you're interested. Oh, my God. <laughs> What would happen if someone created a document that was like, I, President Donald Trump, do hereby resign because I'm a piece of shit. And then, and then got then, him to autograph. <laughs> yeah, I get someone to sign it. I wonder what they would need to go through to get that notarized. All right, we got to go undercover at a Trump rally. <laughs> write that letter. Yeah. Who knew that that was the solution to all of this? Yeah. But I mean, honestly, you could just get his signature and put it right on whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. But this, his own impeachment papers. That's so funny. Yeah, that's amazing. But anyway, that's our show. I just thought that that was a good a good thing to end on. So thank you all so much for listening. We love you. And uh, any final thoughts? Uh, hopefully I did not offend anyone with my royal family rant. <laughs> but oh well. I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll hear about it. If oh, you I, I will. I will. I will get yeah. emails and tweets. If anyone did, it's probably me because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about <laughs> at all. So sorry if I did. Um, yeah. No, just just I hope that everyone is taking care of themselves and doing nice things for themselves i'm gonna go to a sound bath tonight what's a sound bath a sound bath is like the singing bowls uh Mm. yeah like like various instruments and gongs pilgrimage uh union yoga oh nice san diego a new studio by my house to reset my gotta support the unions networks (laughs) right i am 100 for union yoga um yeah that's all because just you know reporting on the news talking about the news listening to news all the time you should do extra things to take care of yourself and that is I'm always going to encourage that. I love that. I did a sound bath once at a music festival. It was really fun. Yeah. They clo- like you close your eyes, you know. They didn't tell me they were going to put singing bowls literally on our chest, so when that happened, oh. I just had to trust the it process and keep my eyes closed. <laughs> I, was like, I hope this is a sound bath sanctioned gong on my chest right now. <laughs> Man, I'd be asking for permission, <laughs> really. But hey, sound bath. Yeah. And then they like you know, they like they hit it and like make it all resonate so your mm-hmm. chest is like wow. It's mm. crazy. Just like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's good. There's another place in San Diego called Sojourn Healing Collective. I think I said that 
correctly and they the lights that they put on in the studio when they do a song but it's really beautiful it's like a twinkly night sky uh, woos you into a I we had that in the 80s shit. we called them pink floyd laser shows Ooh, <laughs> they still do that there's this um up in oakland i think it is there's like a what is that what is that called when you're it's like a movie theater that has like a an amphitheater no, not an amphitheater. It's like plant planetarium, or it's like oh, like the whole oh, yeah. IMAX, but yes, full but it's like ceiling. Yes, we have one of those yeah, here too. Planetarium, in amazing. Okay, I went to one of those, and it was Pink Floyd's. Yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. like entire album with like the all wall. The, uh, it wasn't the wall. This was Dark Side Dark of the Moon. Side, yeah, and then there was like all of these amazing graphics that went with it. It's so fucking cool. Just before we end this quick shout out to there's a show in san diego which reminds me of this it's actually at the um at the fleet science center in mm-hmm. their like imax theater mm-hmm. and it's been ongoing now for like a year it's a special series called mesmerica mm-hmm. and they play this like crazy visual thing and they have like rad music and it's like a, a very act like it's like a meditation basically mm-hmm. it's really really cool you went to it i went i've been to it twice now it's kind of expensive it's like 40 bucks a ticket okay. or something but if you're if you live in san diego or you're visiting san diego and you want to do like a trippy meditation show it's called me- <laughs> very specific, very yeah, specific to San Diego. It's called Mesmerica. And Fleet Science Center is in Balboa Park. And yeah, you'll want to awesome. go there if you're visiting San Diego Hell anyway. Yeah. It's Aww. right where the zoo is in Balboa Park. You mm-hmm. can visit the mission and, and climb the bell tower and you can go to all the museums. My favorite. And Fleet Science Center is there too. It's really mm-hmm. fun. So cool. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.